there. Welcome back to another episode of MVP Business, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion to drive growth, profits, and loyalty. I'm your host, Steph Silver, owner of Vine Collective, a unique marketing and coaching agency where we meet people where they are on their journey to connect with customers and employees and to navigate their personal journeys to overcome challenges and rise to the next level of their work, home, and spiritual lives. Today's guest is Maria Orozova. With more than two decades of experience leading branding and marketing campaigns for local and national clients, Maria is the co-founder and CCO of Mod Intelliki, as well as the founder of Four Wings Marketing. Her work has earned her over 85 industry awards, and Maria is passionate about giving back to the Austin community. She is a longtime supporter of Ballet Austin and Austin Sunshine Camps. She's on the board of directors for the Girls Empowerment Network and Center for Child Protection, where she is founding member of the Guardian Angel Society. There's so much more that I can say about Maria, but we're going to cap it there and let her talk about herself for a little while. So Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So uh, you and I have known each other for a long time and I know a lot of your story, but most of my guests do not. So we're going to start at the beginning, wherever that may be for you (laughs) and say, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now. Well, that, that, how long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am originally from Bulgaria. And um, I moved to America when I was 11 years old with my family. And so, um, yeah, just kind of moved around. I kind of have the very typical immigrant story. Um, And, um, yeah, graduated uh, from college a while back. (laughs) So you skipped a big part. It's It's a big deal to move from Bulgaria to America and you were 11 years old, which Mm -hmm. I know was a really tough time for me (laughs) as a young girl. Where did you move to and what was that like? Yeah, good point. Um, I moved to Florida. Um, My father's position from Bulgaria was relocated. And so we, um, yeah, that was a difficult time, even though I knew the tiniest bit of English. Again, 11 middle school is... um, you know, that time that's, that can be challenging. And so I think the culture shock of it all was probably the worst part, um, kind of experiencing that during that age period. Um, luckily because Florida or in South Florida in particular has such a diverse, um, immigrant community, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of support, um, there in terms of, you know, you're not the only kid that doesn't know perfect English, I guess. Um, so that was, so that was good. But shortly thereafter, we moved to Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't have the same uh, vibe in terms of, you know, diversity and, and diversity. so on. And so I was kind of known as the, it's like, oh, there's this new girl and she doesn't speak any English. <laughs> <laughs> I did maybe by that point. But anyway, I think, you know, looking back on it, I guess it was pretty traumatic, but there's just so much that I learned in terms of resilience at that point mm-hmm. that looking back on it now, I'm kind of thankful, you know, uh, for that chapter in my life, just because it kind of, it, it taught you that you, you kind of keep have to, you got to keep moving forward, right? There's no, um, you know, there's no other choice. So 
Yeah. So that's one of the things that I find really incredible about uh, immigrants and second generation immigrants. It seems like that that little um, capture in time uh, for, for those generations, those folks tend to be really, really hard workers that are grateful for what they have and understand uh, the change in the world is is kind of constant and something you can't control and something that is, you know, something that can be overcome mm-hmm. and not uh, kind of life, uh, you know, big setbacks for a lot of people who grow up in the same place for most of their lives. When there's a, a big challenge or change, it's a lot harder for them to get over it. But it seems to me in my experience uh, with p- folks that I know that that immigration background in those first couple of generations really helps you to kind of ground yourself mm-hmm. through that. Yeah, it gives you perspective, right? I mean, you know, even as we talk about America, and I get it, things are not perfect, but mm-hmm. you have that perspective of where you came from and how things really were there, right? Mm-hmm. So when you were old enough to remember. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's something that I've always been thankful of, again, just being being in America and living in America, having the opportunities um, that we all have here—that's a big. That's a big thing. It's a lot of it, a lot of people wish to have this this chance, right? So, and you have you have a really wonderful mindset about life that we can get into uh, as we move more into um, your adult life. But I'd, I'd like you to kind of think about that as you go into your your story so your next step that you were about to jump right into is uh, graduating from college and tell us where you graduated from and then your next steps from there yeah so living in Mississippi I went to Southern Mist um, and I was really just always been an artistic kid in a way um, which is kind of funny looking back because I definitely have more of a business mind than I do a creative one Um, so maybe that's kind of been part of um you know, maybe my success is just being able to think of things from both, both sides of the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I moved to, um, Austin, Texas and had my first job at, um, a tiny, tiny agency. I was employee number two Mm -hmm. and it was so much fun, so much, um, um, just such a learning experience of kind of how do you, take what you've learned in school and um, apply it to real life. And I had a little bit of that experience doing some freelance all through college, right? But just kind of having your first gig is is very different. And so, yeah, that, that was um, kind of the stepping block, I guess, for me to realize that maybe this is something that I wanted to do on my mm-hmm. own um, and starting my own farm. So. And you started your own firm when you were young, and, and obviously you, well, we didn't even actually state this, that you were a designer, mm-hmm. a graphic designer yes. at this small agency. And then what made you decide at that point that having your own gig was what you wanted and yeah. what you could do? You know, I, I guess I always knew that I would have my own business or that I wanted to. I never thought that it would happen at 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so... thankfully it happened when I was 25 because I think I know too much now (laughs) and it might not have happened. Um, But, you know, uh, it kind of goes back to that. um, You know, I always, I kind of have this, this thing where I ask myself if I, you know, if I have an opportunity and I don't take it, would I regret it? 
And so at that point, it wasn't necessarily that I was ready. I just kind of had all these opportunities present themselves in the world to me or in the, kind of out of the universe. And so um, I just kind of took a chance, you know, I was young, I didn't have, you know, a family and mm -hmm. a mortgage, right? And so um, it was just kind of like a chance that I took. And I thought the worst thing that can happen is that, you know, I'd go, it, it would fail and I'd go get another job. And so mm -hmm because it was a right around the recession in 2008, I would get that question all the time. Like, aren't you scared that you're doing this? And, you know, like everybody's freaking out about the recession. And again, to be honest, I just thought that being in control of my own um, life and, and schedule and finances. And, you know, I, I know that I knew that I could go and get more clients or work harder. Like I've never been afraid to work. And so, I guess that thought just really didn't scare me, nor did I think that I would ever need to get another job if I was enjoying what I was doing. Because mm -hmm. again, going back to the immigrant thing, like I wanted this and there was no plan B, like I was not going to not do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I guess I have that mindset with a lot of things in life. If you want something bad enough, like you can make it happen. So I pause there so to let people take notes because I think that that's something that is um, is really incredible to think about. Another thing that I heard you say once that I thought was incredible was uh, instead of I'm paraphrasing. This isn't a direct Maria quote, but <laughs> instead of that, um, you said you never really get jealous. You don't understand that. Instead of getting jealous, you look at it and say, well, "If that's something I want, how can I how can I get it for myself?" How can yeah. I do that for myself? So I have a question around that. Um, one is, is that really true? <laughs> Sometimes we say things that, you know, are, are idealistic. And then the other is um, having watched you for so many years, I feel like I feel like it is true because you have um, created your life in a way that I think not all people feel like they have the ability to do. I feel like we all have that ability, but we talk ourselves out of it. And you just keep, seem to keep, um, you know, looking at that, that brighter North star and keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a follow-up question to that, but you can start there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, that's totally true. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I have the jealous, um, like emotion or feel like, I just don't know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure I do, but I'm just very driven by, um, you know, seeing people live their lives in a way that's meaningful and truthful to them. And so, um, no, I don't like, I get inspired by someone doing better than me mm -hmm. and, or doing bigger things or thinking bigger. And so, so the, the follow-up question to that is, uh, you are, and I don't want to embarrass you, but I, I, I look at you and I see and have watched this beautiful, intelligent, confident woman continue to, um, you know, achieve your, your life and your dreams and, you know, build the little family and the agency that you want. Um, you and your husband have you know, bought a building in Austin and done all the things you travel all over the world. Uh, and, uh, with all of that, it's easy to, to look from the outside to you. Tell me about 
is there, do you have fears? You don't have jealousy. Do you have fears and doubts and, and when do those come up and how do you deal with them? Um, of course I do. Uh, and they usually come up at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> As every entrepreneur would ever tell you. Um, yeah, I do. But so much about life to me is just about movement and just moving forward. And I think once you, you know, there's a whole quote about, you know, if you're procrastinating on something, start on it for 10 minutes mm -hmm. and then you see how fast, right? Like it can flow. And so I'm just a big believer in just movement, right? And it could be the wrong thing and then you can go back and course correct. But so many people just, I, I feel like don't ever get started because of the fear. Mm -hmm. And I think starting eliminates a lot of the fear, or at least it shows you what it is to be afraid of. Right. And so I think, <clears throat> again, it's still, I still don't look back and go, oh my goodness, I've done all these things, you know, because it's kind of hard to do that when you're you, you know, mm -hmm. but if I was to do it, now sitting here it, it really was like one kind of one step at a time right like one even when we were um, thinking about buying our own uh, building to house our agency in, it was just like going through the process like meeting with you know um, agents for representation or even just like understanding the process of purchasing a commercial property which would, neither my my husband or I had ever done and so <clears throat> even just like so with every step kind of the fear got less and less, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Technically. <laughs> well, it and then there were other up. things that came up. Absolutely. So let's um, back up again and uh, say you, you, you branched out from the small agency, yes. started this thing, and, um, and it was Mod. Mod Studio was the original name of my business, yes. Mm -hmm. And from there, how long did you have mod and what was that relationship like with uh, your boyfriend at the time mm -hmm. and then became <laughs> husband? Yeah. So um, Scott and I had, I think we had only been dating for a couple of years um, when I started my agency. And then he actually caught the, he'll tell you the story in a better way, but he actually wanted, he always kind of wanted to be an entrepreneur as well, but just never really figured out like how or when or, or, or why. And so he started, he quit his corporate job and started his agencies about six months after I did. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing. Like we never really had that steady income, you know, like you know, what smart people do is have a steady income. One of the two. One of the two. Uh, but we were just kind of, I don't know, we were just super driven at that period in our life and maybe always. Still, but yeah. Um, yeah, so he started his own firm that was a little bit more consulting, a little bit more on the demand generation side. So in the very beginning, there was not really, like you didn't really see commonality between our two businesses because I was just doing so much traditional creative content, web. Um, and so as we grew our respective businesses, um, we found more of, you know, like we'd have a client that needed more of like an overall strategy before we can start execution at Mod. And so Scott's company, Intelliki Group, um, would come in and do the strategy and then we would do the execution work and then vice versa you know, they would hire us like once they have, you know, everything figured out that needs to happen for their clients, 
they would hire Maud to do the creative. And so we kind of ran our agencies at that point kind of side by side in parallel for maybe, gosh, like seven years, seven or eight years um, until as his team grew and my team grew, we definitely, we actually hired a consulting firm to see like, hey, should we merge? Because again, we were never like, oh, let's have a family business, you know? Mm -hmm. That was just never in the, the plan for us. And so anyway, we hired a consulting firm to help us kind of figure out like, are we together? Are we separate? Like what's going on? Um, and basically determined that we would be a lot stronger if we were to merge. Um, and then, so in 2018, we actually merged, I guess, 10 years in, wow. Uh, 2018, we merged our agencies to form Modern Teleki. So uh, one part of each name. How many employees did you each have at that time? I think maybe like seven each, six or seven each. And so immediately we saw just these uh, great results of now being able to market ourselves as like a 15 person shop or whatever, right? And all inclusive, all inclusive, full service, one stop. Um, And so we had just a great response from our existing clients, but also prospects that we were going after. Mm -hmm. And so um, anyway, so it actually became, we used to get that question all the time, like, how is it like truly working together now? Um, but the reality is we, we always have worked together. Um, and then having it be like more in an official capacity actually made it so much easier because prior to that, we were running our agencies in parallel and doing everything twice, mm-hmm. you know, like payroll and like all these things. You and double so, your expenses. That exactly. Way. But also the time, right. And then what is my skill set versus his skill set? And we were both doing things that maybe didn't, we shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so merging had us divide our roles out to where now it's super clear for the most part, like <laughs> who does, who does what? I mean, we're still a small business, so who does what? And so we just saw great results with that, even though for so many years, we kind of fought the idea of mm-hmm. owning the same business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big step, especially when you've been successful, uh, doing it separately and you're, you're both, um, driven, strong-willed uh, individuals. So the um, the merge, how long did that take and what was that like? I mean, it definitely helps to be married, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, because we were able to kind of do it backwards. So we merged all of our systems and processes and um, like we, we basically did a reverse merger. We merged everything where the teams were already collaborating together before we went live. So the day that we went live with the merger was kind of like a non-eventful day Mm -hmm. in terms of like the operations of the agency because we already had been planning for it and we had the luxury of doing it kind of on the back the back or the front end and behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by going live? Like telling everyone? Oh yeah. Like announcing that we had merged. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I mean, as you know, with any merger, there's the announcement and then it's kind of like all the craziness that goes on in the background and everybody's wondering later before it's settled. Exactly. And everybody's wondering, like, what does that mean for my role and that kind of thing? So that's what I mean, that we we figured everything out on the front end. So in those previous seven or eight years when you guys were uh, in parallel, did you have any like when you had happy hours or your team, you know, Christmas parties or whatever it might be. Did you do 
do those together or separate or do you remember? <laughs> I think we did them together. I'm, I'm pretty sure that we did So your teams a knew each other together. well. Oh, absolutely. Kinda... We were in the same uh, office space um, mm. pr- kind of from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the teams knew each other. They were working together. So... And had a lot of some like same projects, absolutely and things like that. So it did make a lot of sense on like all all levels. I think we just didn't want to go through the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, were you afraid to, um, you know, like you said, you both had these successful businesses, but you you were doing a lot of things together. Were you afraid that having it together would somehow reduce anything or were you pretty confident that it would be an upward move? I was more afraid that if we didn't do it, that it would take away. I was Mm -hmm. never afraid that joining forces would be bad. If that makes sense. Yes. Tell me your process um, in, in making decisions like that. If you have a process uh, or kind of, I know you may not even know, but most people that I know have an idea like that and then they go through, they look at what all could go wrong first and then kind of, you know, have this parallel of the the highest level dream and the lowest level, what could go bad and and then work it into the middle to see what's, what's likely to happen. Mm -hmm. What is your process when making those big decisions? Because you've, you've made a lot of them. Uh, You are an entrepreneur head to toe as far as when you see an opportunity, you, you tend to go for it. And same thing with travel. Like there's, like you said, there's not a lot of fear. There's not a lot of jealousy. There's just a drive to take a step forward. So what does that look like for Maria? You know, I think that that's where Scott and I really like, uh, pair well. I do tend to look at things like all the things that could go wrong, um, and he tends to look at everything like all the opportunity that we could be missing out on if we didn't do a thing. Right. And so I think over the years, um, I've gotten him more to look at the things that could go wrong, but he's definitely gotten me more to look at all the opportunities before I look at all the roadblocks, right. To where you're not talking yourself out of it before you even start. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely a time and a place for that, but you know, again, it's like it, fear is okay. And being afraid to do something is okay, but you still kind of have to do it if you want to reap the benefits. Right. What was the biggest obstacle between those, those stages of graduating college, moving to Austin, starting this small business, and then you go through and, you know, we kind of jumped all the way to, and now you're merging with IntelliKey. You became mod IntelliKey. What was the biggest obstacle in that time frame just one (laughs) no go for it I'm kidding um honestly I think we were just going too fast to notice what the obstacles were right Mm -hmm. like there were obstacles every day and I don't looking back I don't know if there was one big thing but there were many small things Mm -hmm. and again if you're proactive and you're kind of working through them all I guess if I had to pick one thing I would say the fact that we were married, I mean, the things that there's so many things that are positives in working with your spouse, but then there's also the negatives of like bringing it, bringing everything home. And I think before we um, had a kid and before we, before we were conscious enough to stop it, 
we were all just talking about it day and night, day and night. Like, what are we going to do next? How are we going to do it? When, how, and discussing it. And that's literally the only thing that we ever talked about, it seems like back then, um, to where now I think we're a lot more conscious of it. And now we kind of put every time we want, every time, like if, you know, we're having dinner or after dinner or whatever, right? Like we want to bring something up. We always put it through the filter of what I call a team member right now and tell them this, mm-hmm. Um, and if the answer is no, which typically is, mm-hmm. then we kind of save it until the morning or like a more appropriate time. So I think that's really helped us balance having more of a, like a regular, like family life mm-hmm. and not constantly be in the business because that's just, it's just natural. You want to talk about it. You want to solve problems. You want to be quick, quick to address something if it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably the biggest obstacle is working too much, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, during that stage of life is is fine because Mm -hmm. that, that is the biggest thing. And and you didn't have a a child at the time and you guys were going out and being social very, very much, but a lot of your social life was also building the business. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Um, so then you decided what did you decide to buy a building before or after you merged? The buying of the building process took many years. Um, just because with, with the Austin market and, um, just availability and what our criteria was. Um, I, I want to say it was before the merger. But again, it took maybe like a th- three years to find something that we really liked and that fit our needs. And so it was just, again, it wasn't like a thing to do. It's just we realized that, you know, with Austin rents becoming what they are, you know, that we wanted to, you know, be in a position where we're paying ourselves rent, right? Mm-hmm. And not, um, you know, it's just a smarter financial decision. But again, it had to be the right right building, the right location, the right layout, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of always in the works in the background. So when the opportunity came and we were just like ready because we had been planning it for so long. Yeah. And I want to, uh, I think this is a good time to point out that Maria, we talked earlier about, you know, she just takes one step forward and not always driven. Um, her husband, Scott mentioned a long time ago that, that he's the only person that he she's the only person that he knows that when she wants something there's no question she's going to get it uh so you you put this idea into your mind and then it's like boom focus that's that's where i'm going those are the steps i'm taking um so do you put together a plan and or does it just you just start walking down that path i think you just put it out in the universe at least that's been my experience like it you know i'm I am very good at willing things. However, um, (laughs) everything at its right time, right? And so that's a big lesson that I've had to learn. Um, I actually, this is like kind of silly, but I went to, I accidentally saw a psychic in Miami. That's a story for another time. (laughs) And I remember her like reading my palm and telling me all this. This is many, many years ago. And I remember her telling me, asking me how many kids I wanted to have and all these things that like asked me all these questions. And at the very end, the only thing she said to me, she said, you will have everything that you want in your life, just not when you want it. Oh. And 
it was really impactful for me. I just, I, I always have that in the back of my head when something falls through, when I'm trying to do something or like a deal or it's a thing in life. And I just always think like, this is not the end. Uh-huh. Like I'm going to have that thing. It's just, this is not the right time. And so I think that again, it's, <laughs> it's super silly because it's a psychic and not that that's, that's like, I totally believe in that. But anyway, it just kind of that, her saying that to me just kind of stood out. Mm-hmm. And so I never, if something doesn't happen immediately when it's, when I think it should happen, I don't take it as like the universe telling me no. Mm-hmm. I take it as maybe it's just not the right time. And then it always ends up happening at a far better time, mm-hmm. but we can't see into the future, right? Mm-hmm. So It feels better. It fits better. It works mm-hmm. better when it actually To happens. the point to where you look back and go, oh my gosh, had that happened at that time, we wouldn't have been able to do X, Y, Z and all these things. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that leads me to another point or question I wanted to make, which is I've, um, I've seen and witnessed your, uh, ability to put into action the concept of if there's a problem or if it's not the right time, then you course correct, or you come back to it. Um, is that something that is just innate in you or is that a lesson that you had to learn? I just think I'm very big on, and it could be all like family of origin and like where I, the way I was raised and where I was raised, um, you know, in communist times in Bulgaria, there was just this um, culture of not speaking up, rightfully so, right? Because, you know, you could be, killed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think I'm just so the opposite. I'm so big on like to the point to where it is uncomfortable, right? But just like bringing things out to the open Mm -hmm. and talking about them because the only way to solve for something is kind of through it. And I feel like it eats away at you when you don't Mm -hmm. want, you don't address it. Even if again, there's fear or it's not the right time or whatever. And so I'm just, I'm just very big on communicating even when it's not comfortable or it's not you know it might might make someone feel bad or whatever right and so I think being open and communicating um you actually get to you get to realize what the challenges are, whatever that challenge is that needs to be solved for. That makes a lot of sense. And, and like I said, I've seen you work through that, that process. Um, now in your, in your journey, in your story, we were at the, the past the merger and the buying of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about the timing of that. And, uh, so you, you are an interior designer, not by trade, but by <laughs> passion and, um, and, and an inability to sit in a room without mentally redecorating it. <laughs> yes. Um, so you bought this historic building mm-hmm. and then how long did it take you to redesign and, and get it to where you were, well, you're probably still constantly working on it, but, uh, that you were comfortable getting your team in there and, and it felt like, okay, this is it. We had a very short period of time because our lease was running out, um, mm-hmm. at our previous location. And so we, we really took like three months. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but it took us three months and we refloored and kind of made it our own. And that, so we moved in, um, January of 2020, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. 2020. <laughs> 
So we were actually in there for about two and a half months until, you know, COVID and everybody had to go home. And um, luckily, we were already pretty well set up to be remote because we had a few remote team members mm -hmm. at the time, but not nearly where we needed to be and where we are today. And so, um, yeah, so I was, of course, super bummed in the beginning, right? Like you put all this work and effort into, um, you know, getting it perfect and everybody was so excited to move in and we came from a place where we did not have space like our desks were just on top of each other and not enough meeting space and all these things and um anyway so everyone was so excited and then of course we had to all be remote um so that was interesting but you know I was again still grateful that you know even with that timing that it was it was our own and it was kind of our own home and even now that we're someone back at somewhat back in the office um at least we have a place to meet we can host clients mm -hmm. you know we've expanded a lot of our client base to be national and so even when clients are coming in from out of town we can host them we have enough space mm -hmm. and so it's still serving its purpose and it's still I still feel good about it right even mm -hmm. though we kind of had that <laughs> How did you feel, though, in that first, say, six months of you you had just kind of completed the, the space, everyone moved in, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, lots of um, meeting space, and it looks like, you know, I think everything Maria puts together, look, she has to turn around and look at me like, could, could this be on the cover of something? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then... Nobody's there. And of course, you and Scott would try to go in and, and you'd bring your son and, and, and things like that. But for a while, you were the only ones. Yeah. You know what? The building was kind of the last thing on my mind <laughs> when mm -hmm. all that happened, just because, again, the world was changing so quickly. And so as every business did, we were all deep into just trying to figure out what does that look like for us, mm -hmm. you know, having clients in the hospitality space, mm -hmm. in, tra in the travel space. I mean, there was just a lot of moving pieces. And so we were a lot more concerned with, um, you know, making sure that, you know, we course correct again for what's happening and for, you know, if clients need to go on hold or on pause at that time. So to be honest, the building was the last thing on my mind. It was mm -hmm. just, you know, kind of like a side note. Oh, and by the way, we need to go water all of our plants that we just put in. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, I mean, that was an interesting time for everybody. And um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of was what it was. Right. There's nothing you can do about mm -hmm. a global pandemic. Right. So. And again, that that mindset is, um, I think, something that is wonderful and unique to you because most people and and I know there was some fear and a little bit of panic, but uh, but for the most part, you know, you you really do just look at what's next, what's next, what's next, who do I talk to? So with that, um, being in marketing, I found that the conversations and the um, the lens into businesses is very unique. Uh, being someone who is um, has more uh, more insight into somebody else's business than any other company, right? So, what were those conversations like with your customers? You know, how did you handle? Did you reach out to them, and how much insight did they give to you? And mm -hmm. I'll I'll preface that a little bit with, for me. 
I quickly realized that I was their business coach. I was helping them determine their their pivot. And some were looking at, okay, this is the next step and this is how we're going to go and this is what our customers want. And some just freak the heck out mm-hmm. and kind of like yeah. spun around in circles for a minute. So tell me what those conversations were like for you and, and how you handled it. Yeah. Um, super thankful that we have just true partnerships with our clients. Mm-hmm. That's something that we pride ourselves on at the agency that we're not just your vendor. We want to be your partner and we want you to succeed. It doesn't have to be a, you know, us versus them type thing. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our clients were very, the ones that were impacted, right? Because there were the other ones that were impacted, you know, in a positive way, because now all of a sudden everybody was remote. And so if it was software or if it was, um, you know, a business like that, they were now seeing demand that they've never seen, right? Mm -hmm. And so balancing that, you know, with the ones that all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we sell tickets to, bucket list experiences Mm. and now there are no bucket list experiences right and so what does that look like so um yeah I mean I was really again really proud of how much insight we had because people I thought clients considered us a true partner I mean we've always say that we're partners but at that point that was kind of like it it was totally like illustrated to us that Mm -hmm. they do see us that way Um, and of course, like, again, you want to be compassionate and have empathy of what's happening to them and their business. And so, um, yeah, I think again, it made a lot of our relationships even that much stronger Mm -hmm. because we weren't, um, I mean, we were freaking out, but we weren't, you know, that was the time that everybody was asking you if you can pause your contract, right? Because in that two week period of March of 2020, like no one knew what was going to happen and what was going on. And so we were very mindful of how you approach that conversation, even though, you know, you couldn't have the contract canceled. Mm -hmm. You still knew that that was the right thing to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it it was a lot for everybody. And then you have a son as well. So you were at home, all the three of you Mm -hmm. and, um, trying to, trying to juggle that. How, how did that feel? Because you and Scott are, are so very driven and, and, um, and work focused and you have all of these awesome clients that, like you said, some of them are national, international, big enterprise Mm -hmm. level businesses. And then, um, how old was your son at that time? He was, um, he was three. He was just turning mm-hmm. three. So very dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, were you able to have your nanny or did you keep everything out at that no, time? No, he was at the time going to a little school. Mm-hmm. So of course we pulled him out of that. Um, we didn't really have, a, we didn't have help um, at all at that time because again, we were kind of dependent on the school. And so that was again, challenging because of I mean, a three-year-old, right? Like, you're home, so he needs your attention no matter what it is, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And for us, um, the challenge was that it it wasn't that we could stagger certain f- calls, right, or meetings uh, because we were both in the business, right? And so it wasn't like we could um, do that. So that I remember that being very challenging that when we both had to be on a call. And I think that that's one of the things that we changed since then is that there's very few things that Scott and I are working on together where Mm -hmm. we both have to be, 
either client facing or um, somewhere at the same time. Mm-hmm. For many reasons, we realized, well, you know, it all started with, you know, um, our son, but it's, it's just not smart. So we kind of divide and conquer now. Mm-hmm. So we see each other a lot less during the work day, <laughs> <laughs> which is also a great thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Cause then you can come home and, yeah. and, and talk about, and actually ask person. the question, how's your day? Uh huh. Instead of like, <laughs> wasn't that day a thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> question. Exactly. Who is the hero of your company's brand story? Well, here's a hint. It's not your product or your services. It's probably not even you. Sorry. Hi, my name's Ben Cecil. I'm the president of UPG, a creative video company here in Austin, Texas. Since 2009, we've been helping brands, large and small, connect with customers on an emotional level, whether it's a brand story video or a video content campaign. Our process starts the same way with the same question. Who is the hero of your company's brand story? Well, it's your customers, of course. Do me a favor, go to upgvideo.com, check us out, see if we're a good fit. That's upgvideo.com. All right. Now back to my friend Stephanie Silver and the MVP Business Podcast. So looking back, what what are you most grateful for in in all of this experience? And, you know, it's not just the business. You know, what, what experience or what are you most grateful for? I'm just grateful to be alive, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, right? Like there's just so many things that you could be um, thankful for from, again, as I kind of started, stated earlier, just living in, living in a country where you have just kind of endless opportunity. If you work hard, um, mm-hmm. from my perspective, um, grateful to have, um, just my family, Scott being a great partner in life and business, like having the ability to just share, my life with him the way that I have um, the last 17, almost 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, our son being healthy, um, par- friends, partners, um, our team, right? Like nothing happens without them. And mm-hmm. so just having them be so um, just believe, right, in our business and in what we're trying to do and our mission and just kind of where we want the agency to go and what kind of partners we want to be to our clients. So it's just not, not one thing. Like I think every day I wake up and I could think of something different to be thankful for, but that's also the way that I like to live, right? Like you can always focus on something that isn't great in your life, but there is so much more that's wonderful that comes your way if you focus on the good. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of, and that's that's great. I think that that might be why you're one of the many reasons why you're so good at at manifesting. Um, you always just say like, "This is this is what I want, and this is where I'm going." But at the same time, grateful for where you are mm-hmm. and everything around you. And um, we've talked about this a few times that a lot of people don't know how funny Maria is. <laughs> <laughs> That she just really has this like silly, goofy sense of humor, but at the same time, very serious and very driven. So, um, uh, so I think having that, that balance of being able to see the silliness of life and not take things too seriously goes back to that ability to course correct. Like Mm -hmm. if you see like, oh, that went wrong or that went really wrong. I'm not going to sit and dwell on the wrongness of it. I'm going to say, what was it specifically that went wrong 
And then how do we kind of just take that next step forward? Yeah, totally. I mean, making mistakes is a part of life. It's what I tell my kid every day, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you make the mistake, but you have to learn from it. And so, um, yeah, there's been many. There's been many. And that's the hope. So your ability to make things happen and to to manifest your own life is really awesome to watch. One of the things that you enjoy and Scott enjoys uh, too, because so it's great that you guys have this awesome partnership, not just in business, but in life is travel. Mm-hmm. And that's something that kind of came to fruition in your partnership immediately. And you started traveling. Why is travel so important to you? And what do you think you get out of it? Yeah. Um, you know, travel is kind of the manifestation, but we just both love to live. Right. Um, and that's like a big thing is, is about, you know, just planning for the future is fine, but what are you doing today? And so I think that travel is kind of how it comes out. Just like seeing the world and, and seeing different cultures, and how people live is just super inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but also getting away, right? Mm-hmm. Like the ability to just be in a different physical space has always been just very, um, it just has given us a lot of perspective. And that's why we love it so much. So it's kind of like a combo between living <laughs> and then just kind of being out of, just out of your day-to-day routine. So, Yeah. I think that's a really good point, Maria. A lot of the small business and medium-sized business owners that I know and that I talk to have a really hard time stepping away from their business. Like you talked about early on in your relationship, you were constantly able to talk about it and maybe did talk about it more than um, looking back you would have wanted to. But when you travel, do you, do you step away from your business or do you continue? How, how much are you really stepping away? If you like what you do, it's really hard to step away because you don't necessarily see that as a break. I mean, everybody, everybody needs a break. And yes, there are times that we step away. Um, but for the most part, we're still, you know, maybe we're not in it every day the way that we would be if we were not traveling. Mm-hmm. But I think it just gives you a different perspective. You you solve for things differently. You make different decisions. Um, and so we, I feel like we're always working and mm-hmm. we always have people say to us, oh, you need, you guys need to take a break. But we do, mm-hmm. right? It just looks very differently. Like it looks more fluid than like I'm working now and then now I'm, on, now I'm not, mm-hmm. now I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. For us, it's just very different. And I think that's, like like living with all the things all the time mm-hmm. is almost more comforting than having that hard line. Again, we have the we have breaks. They're just uh probably fewer than fewer. most people. Um <laughs> yes, but you have breaks more often as well. So like you said it's it's very fluid. You're going in and out and you take your work on your travel but you don't stop your travels because of work. You, you're constantly kind of going in and out, whether it's 
in in the Austin area or you're in Colorado or you're in Africa. Yeah, yeah. You're um you're you're taking that time to be present and then when you get back to wherever you are when you have a moment or if you know there's a particular deadline or a call or whatever you you work that in and it doesn't Absolutely. bother you to do that. Yeah, and I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. I know a lot of people want that break and so um or that hard line between the two. So <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's a really, uh, the reason that I bring that up is I think that it's an important um, understanding of what can be in entrepreneurial life. Mm -hmm. You don't have to work 70 hours a week and not do the thing you love. You can weave the things you love into and through your work and make space for both of them. Mm -hmm. And if you have to take a call while you're on the beach, as long as you know that doing that will feed the ability to be on the beach. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and not, and, and understand that, you know, as long as you're not like working the entire time that you're on that vacation and not giving time and space for your friends and family, that, that you can balance those, those two things. Mm -hmm. The other question that goes with that is when you first started mod studio was it hard for you to leave team members in charge or absolutely um also looking back again 2008 the technology we had available to us oh, in 2008 yeah. versus now is very very different and so i think now being able to take a phone call anywhere or being able to zoom send an email or, or zoom or whatever right mm -hmm. I mean, FaceTime wasn't even like a thing then, right? And so we just are a lot more empowered to live that kind of a life. And mm -hmm. so now, especially with so much remote work around the pandemic and a lot of companies keeping remote as like a permanent option, you know, Scott and I feel like now it's finally okay to do what we've been doing all along, right? Mm -hmm. Because again, you get the whole, the question, oh, you guys are always on vacation, right? Because that's what you take photos of. That's what's pretty. Oh, mm -hmm. It's not pretty to be, you know, at midnight taking a phone call and then like your kid is over in the corner sleeping but you're in Europe and so you have to do it at this odd time oh, yeah. right and so uh, we get a lot of you know a lot of that commentary when all along like this is what we've done all along I mean there's no it would be impossible to be on vacation as much as we travel if that was vacation every time we'd never get anything done mm -hmm. we'd never get anywhere like our business would never be what it is today right so now um it actually feels <laughs> it feels finally okay for us to be on the move and and kind of live our lives the way we really always have uh, because so many people are doing it now and, and it's been proven that you can, right, and be productive and, and so on. That's awesome. I, I love watching that and seeing that um, embodiment of living life, all of it, not just the, you know, sitting by the lake or, or like you said, being in Europe, but the the work of it because uh, it is our human nature to need to work and to need to um to produce something, to know that you have created something, that you're moving forward and up, or you feel that accomplishment. But at the same time, it's also in our human nature to um, to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have that balance, then that's where we we start spinning out or aging prematurely, or you know having that excess stress because um, it's it's important to have stress to move you forward. Sure, <laughs> but it's also important to be in the moment and to to look at um, 
what where you are now and what's happening in the future in a, in a positive light. So where, Maria or Zova, do you find your inspiration or who? You know, the last few years, I've been reading a ton of biographies and people's books. Mm-hmm. And so I love to read. It's one of my favorite downtime um, activities. And so I think uh, kind of understanding people's stories and learning about how people like their their backgrounds and their obstacles um, is one of the best places for me mm-hmm. to just feel connected. One, like, hey, I'm not the only one, right, from mm-hmm. an entrepreneurial standpoint or an immigrant standpoint. But two, just to see how there's so many different ways that, you know, that success can be achieved if that's Mm -hmm. what you're after or, you know, peace of mind or like any of those, any of those life things we wonder about. And so uh, that's super inspiring. It's just podcasts, books. Is there a favorite that stands out or one that just you have listened to or read recently? I actually read a lot, (laughs) so I need to probably go back and look. I know I'm one of those that my uh, bedside table has like, eight different books stacked up and I'll I'll get halfway or two thirds through and I'll start another and then I'll go back to it. So I I currently just finished uh, The Art of Possibility and it's something that I've been reading for like two years and uh, the, the very last chapter is about the power of we as opposed to going through any sort of event or life thinking about I, we automatically think about I, how am I going to get to the next step? What do I need to do? But when we are able to turn that thought and that conversation into we, uh, then it completely changes the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that is, is kind of come up for me many times. It was funny that I, I happened to save that one last chapter <laughs> over two years time and like, aha, that's the one. That's the one that um, I needed to hear right now. See, everything at its right time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So Maria, thank you so much for t- joining me today. I have one last question. Um, you always, like you said, are taking, you know, one step forward. What is next for modern Teleki and for Maria? There's a lot, and a lot of it is super secret, but um, <laughs> so you'll have to stay tuned. So you have to stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but you know what? More of the same, just living life. Um, one of my favorite quotes is die with memories, not dreams. Oh. And so I just try to, it's my little Instagram quote. Somebody just reminded me this the other day. And so it's so true. And there's a reason why it's there. Um, so just again, more, not in terms of like more, 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 but just more of the same, more of the same, more of, um, you know, my little one's about to be in kindergarten next year. And that's super exciting watching that journey of him just becoming more of himself, right? And um, recognizing certain things uh, in your kid that the qualities, good and bad, <laughs> you know, that come from you. And so that come from that's you. just super exciting. I'm super focused on spending time with him, being present, you know, being a good mom, um, a lot going on with, uh, modern Teleki as well. Just continuing our growth. We've already grown. I mean, it's only April and we've already grown our team by 50% this year. So, um, we're just, um, 
focusing a lot more in the renewal space. We've done a lot of work there. And so we're kind of doubling down there. So that's super exciting. Um, a lot of travel on the books, you know, knock on wood. Where are you um, going next? Actually, we're going to Europe this summer. We haven't been um, since the pandemic. Uh, we're going back to visit Bulgaria, visit all my family there. We're going to stop over in Croatia. So again, uh, COVID pending um, and all the things, right? So that's exciting. But yeah, I think just more of the same and more of um, living. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. Hey, so what did you think of MVP Business? If you liked it, please subscribe and tell all your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you didn't like it, don't just leave. Let me know what I can do to improve who you'd like to hear from and what you'd like to learn. The mission of MVP Business is to share the strengths and struggles of leaders who have successfully grown their businesses while staying true to their mission and vision so that other entrepreneurs can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey's worth it. If you believe in this mission, please help by living it and sharing it. In the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion.